Turn with me this morning, please, to the gospel according to Luke. And we're going to be uh, reading just a few verses of um, Scripture from the fifth chapter and uh, going to start down in verse number uh, 12. But before you do that, uh, Pastor John got the staff together uh, some time ago, two or three weeks ago now, and, and he said, our next series is going to be squeaky clean. Squeaky clean. Now, you know that, uh, that unless, unless Pastor Brooks comes and sit in, sits in, tax, in his staff meeting, unless Pastor Brooks is there, I'm, I'm old enough to be any of those guys, either their parent or their grandparent. You are too. If you're, if you're there, it makes two of us. You are too. But anyway, when he talked about squeaky clean, my, my mind went to a commercial that aired before any of that bunch was even born. And, and so, uh, now let me tell you something. We were going to show you the commercial today, but when Megan got to checking on it, it would cost us $1,400 to show about 30 seconds about a 30-second commercial, they were going to charge us $1,400. So Megan said we could take up another offering this morning. And, and, and we could pay for showing that commercial. But the truth of the matter is she said she'd take the money and spend it on something else. So forget it, you know. But anyway, I, my, my mind went to a commercial for Ajax dishwashing liquid. Now, some of you do, you, do you, do you remember that commercial where all these women were standing at, on the, on the television? And, and like, I can't even get it squeak now, but they, they'd squeak it. And, and they'd tell you that it's just squeaky clean, squeaky. How many of you remember that commercial? Yeah. There's a few of us. There's a few of us. Anybody over here? Yeah. Yeah. Bobby remembers the commercial. Okay. Remember that, that commercial? I, I can't get it to squeak. I hope that doesn't mean our dishes aren't clean. <laughs> because that's what we eat off of all the time. I hope that's not what it means. But anyway, that's, uh, that's where my, that's where my mind went. And, uh, all of you know how I am anyway. Let's, uh, let's look at the gospel according to Luke. Of course, the series, we're starting a series this morning, Squeaky Clean. And I'm going to talk to you this morning about the illegal touch of God. Luke chapter 5, starting at verse number 12. In one of the villages, Jesus met a man with an advanced case of leprosy. When the man saw Jesus, he bowed with his face to the ground, begging to be healed. Lord, he said, if you are willing, you can heal me and make me clean. Jesus reached out and touched him. I am willing, he said, be healed. And instantly, the leprosy disappeared. Then Jesus instructed him not to tell anyone what had happened. He said, go to the priest 
and let him examine you. Take along the, the offering required in the law of Moses for those who have been healed of leprosy. This will be a public testimony that you have been cleansed. In the ancient world, there was no disease that was more dreaded than that of leprosy. Those who contacted it were super quarantined. Now, that's a, that word quarantine is something that we really identify, you know, uh, until the pandemic, uh, we, we didn't know much about quarantine. But now we understand, don't we? But these people were super quarantined, even to the point that as they were walking down the road, if they were to come in contact at a distance with another person, they were to cry out, unclean, unclean, so that these people wouldn't get close to them because they were afraid if they got too close that they would contract this dreaded disease of leprosy. So from our text this morning, let's look at three different perspectives. First of all, today, I want us to talk about the malady, and then we're going to talk about the ministry, and finally, we're going to talk about the miracle. Now, Ron Mixer, before church, had already looked at the outline, and he said, if I ever saw Perryman outlines, that's one of them. So anyway, we're going to talk about the malady, the ministry, and the miracle. As we discuss the malady, it's already been noted that leprosy was the most dreaded disease of the ancient world. And I, I did quite a bit of research on this as I was preparing for this message, and I found that sources disagree about exactly what this particular disease was. There are some things that I found that I think are fairly dependable, and I thought I'd go over some things this morning and kind of explain to you uh, about uh, leprosy. Uh, a scholar, a, a, a Jewish Christian, a man that was a Jew that converted to Christianity by the name of Alfred Edersheim, and those of you that may be familiar with theological and, and Christian literature of, of bygone days, you might recognize the name of Alfred Edersheim. He's a noted scholar who dealt with Jewish culture, lived from 1825 to 1889, and he said that leprosy begins with pain in certain areas of the body, and then that is followed by numbness. Soon the skin has spots where, where the pain begins, it develops spots, and then those spots turn into be uh, thick and, and glossy and scaly, and they, uh, they lose their original color. And these, these spots become dirty sores and, and ulcers. The skin, especially around the eyes and the ears, begins to bunch up in deep furrows, beginning at the swelling, so that the face is afflicted in such a way that it begins to resemble the face of a lion. It's just squeezed together with wrinkles and furrows. Fingers and toes can drop off, and if they don't drop off, they may, may be just absorbed into, into the body. Where, where you have nubs for, for fingers and for toes. 
You can see and feel and smell the leper. You can hear his rasping voice, Edersheim says. And he said, if you stay around him for some time, you can even imagine a peculiar taste in your mouth, probably due to the odor. Not a pretty picture. Not a pretty picture. Even in addition to that, uh, a man that's more contemporary with our time, the late Dr. Paul Brand, a world-renowned orthopedic surgeon. In fact, he developed a, a, a type of surgery where they could move ligaments in, in, the, in the hands uh, of a leper so that they could still have some use. And he pioneered that, that particular process. He says that the, the leprosy bacillus destroys the nerve endings that carry pain signals. So it starts with some pain, but after it becomes numb, the sensation of pain just goes away. They don't, they don't feel anything anymore. Lepers experience a total loss of physical pain. And when these people cannot sense a touch or, or uh, thank you very much, I appreciate that. When these people cannot sense the touch or pain, they tend to injure themselves. You know, they could touch things that are hot that, that, and they don't even feel it. So they just keep their hand on those things or keep holding on to that particular item. And, and they injure themselves uh, or, or they're unaware of injuries that are caused by outside agents. Some leprosy patients have had their fingers eaten by rats during their sleep because they were totally unaware of it happening. The lack of pain receptors could not warn them of the danger. Dr. Brandt said if he could give one gift to his patients, his leprous patients, he said the gift that I would give them is the gift of pain. You know, pain is a warning. If you touch something that's sharp or you touch something that's hot or you bump into something that, that uh, injures you, you feel that and you back off just as quick as you can. And he said, I would give them the gift of pain. In scripture, leprosy is symbolic of the defilement of sin. It's ugly, loathsome, incurable, and contaminating. It separates men from God and makes them outcasts. The more men indulge in the pleasures of this world, the less they feel the pain of conscience. You hear what I'm saying this morning? The less we feel God trying to, the more we push God away, the more we try to separate ourselves from God and, and keep doing what we want to do, the less the less we will feel the conviction, the touch of the conviction of the hand of God on us because of the sin in our lives. Instructions were given to the priest in Leviticus 13. You might want to note that particular chapter and go back and read it later on. But in chapter 13 of Leviticus, it shows us that sin is inside us deeper than the skin. Dr. Brandt discovered that, that, sin, that leprosy was not a disease of the skin. It was a disease of the nerve system. And it was not on the outside of the body, but it was on the inside of the body that affected the outside of the body. 
So sin is inside us. It's deeper than the skin. Verse 3 of chapter 13 says, sin also spreads. It says in verse number 8 that the leprosy would spread. And sin always defiles and isolates in verses 45 and 46. Just as the leprous garments fit only, were, were fit only for the fire in verses 52 through 57, those who die clothed in sin the scripture says, will burn forever. Hell is not a popular doctrine in any time, but it's certainly not a popular doctrine in this particular day and time. The translators in the, in the New Living Translation where we took our text this morning supplied the term heal or healed. But I looked in the Greek, and when you look the term up that is used there, it does not say anything about being healed. It says you need to be cleansed, that a leper needed to be cleansed, and that, that cleansing needs to take place in the life of a person who doesn't know the Lord. Sin in the life of a believer has not just been healed, it has been cleansed. It is washed away in the blood of Jesus Christ. Isaiah chapter 1 and verse number 18 says, Come now, let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. And I love that old song that says that we've been to the fountain and we've been washed in the blood because that's what God does for the person that comes to an altar of prayer, wherever that is, and says, Lord, I'm sorry for the way that I've lived. I'm sorry for my sins. I pray that you'll reach down and touch me and forgive me of those things. And the blood of Jesus comes at that moment and heals us and takes away and cleanses us from the sin. You see, God wants to make us squeaky clean. Squeaky clean. So there is the malady. Then let's talk about the ministry. One of the most beautiful pictures that I see typologically in the scripture is that of, of the purpose of the, the cleansing of the leper where he goes to the, to the high priest. Notice that in verse number 14, Jesus sent the leper to the priest. He said, take the offerings that are required by the law of Moses and go to the priest and, and, and present these things and let him examine you and see if you really are clean. See if you really are clean. And there were a couple of rituals that were done. One was done the first time that, that the, the leper or the former leper came to the priest. And the second one was done eight days later. The first time there were, there were two birds that were to be brought to the priest. And these were not birds that had been kept in a cage. It's not one that had been in captivity and, and, and put in a cage, and so it had lost its freedom. But these were birds that were to have been caught that were free-flying birds. They were set a trap or some way catch a couple of birds and bring these birds to the priest. And as they came to the priest, the priest would take one of these birds and kill it, wring its neck, and squeeze the blood into running water. And after he got through killing the one bird, he would take the other bird and plunge it into the water mixed with blood and then turn it loose. It's symbolic of the fact that Jesus' body was broken and Jesus died and Jesus' blood was shed. And when we come to the Lord, he plunged 
plunges us into that fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins and their sinners can be cleansed from the sin that's in their life. And that's the symbol that was there. All the way back into the times of Moses, God was saying, here's what's going to happen in the New Testament. Here's what's going to happen when Jesus comes, that there's going to be a fountain of blood, that the blackness and, and, and the decrepitness and, and the degenerate uh, characteristics of our lives can be taken away and washed away by the blood of Jesus in our lives and in our hearts. So one bird is killed and the other bird is plunged into that that container of water and, and, and blood and then turned loose and he flies free after being soaked in the blood. But eight days later, the, the, the leper, the former leper comes back again. And this time he brings several items and these items include a lamb and a container of oil. The first thing that the priest does after he examines the leper to see if he's still clean, let me tell you something. If God really does a work on you and you really let God do a work on you, it's going to be there several days later. It's going to be there weeks later. It's going to be there months later. It's going to be there years later if you really let God do a work in your life and in your heart. And so eight days later, he comes to the priest and the priest examines him. And the first thing after examining and finding him clean, the priest takes the lamb and he, he kills the lamb and catches the blood. Here we are again with the blood. He catches the blood and he takes that blood. It's a beautiful picture. He takes that blood, again symbolizing the blood of Jesus Christ, and he dips his fingers into the blood and, and he touches the right earlobe of the former leper. And then he puts it on the left thumb of his hand. And then he touches the great toe of the right foot with this blood. After he does that, another thing that, that he brought was a container of oil. And after he put the blood on his, on his ear and on his thumb and on his toe, and let me tell you, when, when, when the Lord had him touch his ear, it meant that he cleansed his mind. And when he touched his thumb with the blood, he cleansed his actions. And when he touched his toe with the blood, he was symbolically saying, the places that you go, the way that you walk, that's, that's cleansed by the blood of the Lamb, the blood of Jesus Christ. And so he, he, touched his, he touched his mind, he touched his hands, his actions, and he touched his walk, you see. And then, then he took the, the oil, and after taking the oil, the priest dipped his fingers into the oil, and he put the oil over that blood on the right on the right earlobe and he put the blood on the thumb of the left hand and he put the blood on the toe of the right foot and in that he symbolized the fact that that of the subsequent baptism with the Holy Spirit. The first thing the Lord wants to do for each of us this morning, if we're not Christians, is to touch us with the blood. And then he wants to baptize you in the blessed Holy Spirit and let the power of God work 
and move and radiate in your life and your heart, not only for us, not just to come to church and worship here, but to take that out into your life and to let the Lord use us in our daily life. The power of the Holy Spirit is for that type of move in our lives and our souls. You see, these rituals, in these rituals, God foreshadows what he desires to accomplish. It's what God wants. You know, scripture says God's not willing, it's not his desire that any of us die in our sins, but that all, should, all of us should come to repentance and say, Lord, I'm here and I want you to forgive me of the way that I've lived and the sins that are in my life. And the thing about it is, folks, is that he will do it. If you will ask, he will do it and he'll do it right then, right then. So God foreshadows the, the things that he desires to accomplish and will accomplish in the life of every person who will come to him. So we've talked about the malady and we've talked about the ministry. Now let's talk about the miracle. The leper came asking to be cleansed. He said, Lord, if you are willing, King James Version says it the way the Greek, if you are willing, you can make me clean. If you're willing. See, Jesus tells us to ask. In fact, in Luke chapter 11, Jesus said, ask and you shall receive. Seek and you shall find. Knock and the door shall be open. For everyone who asks receives and he that seeks finds. And to the one that knocks, the door will be opened. But the Greek implies... Now, this is beyond salvation because salvation, once you ask, the Lord does it. He'll do it. If you, and you keep, you keep living for the Lord, the Lord does it in your life. But if there are needs and, and problems and struggles and prayer requests that you have, the Greek implies there, keep on asking. Keep on seeking. Keep on knocking. Keep on, keep on. There are people that Janice and I pray for every night. There are people that we want to see healed that we pray for them every night. There are people that we want to see pray uh, saved that we pray for them every night. We ask for God to reach down and to touch their lives and to do whatever. They're. Once in a while, I pray, Lord, be like a rock in their shoe that they can't get rid of it. The other night I said, Lord, put a hook in their jaw and bring them in. Bring them in. We've got loved ones that we want to see saved. And I'm telling you what, friend, I don't just pray and say, okay, it's done. I come back to the Lord again and again and again because God is able. I don't know how he can. I don't know what he'll do, but I know he can and we keep asking, we keep praying. So Jesus tells us to ask and to keep on asking. God's not bothered by your petitions. 
we were preaching. Right, you, you may have heard me tell this, because, but it just stuck in my mind so much several years ago, many years ago. We were preaching a revival in Muskogee, Oklahoma, and it was the last night of the revival, and this lady came up for prayer. We were praying for the sick, and this lady came up for prayer, and she said to the pastor, I've had a splitting headache for the last three days, and I didn't ask for prayer because I didn't want to bother God. If my children had or have a legitimate need and they come to me for help, Justin, I'm not bothered. I'm not bothered. And if you have a need that you need to take to the Lord, he's not bothered. He's your heavenly father. And if I love my kids so much, God loves you more. God loves you more and he's not bothered by your needs. He's not bothered by your requests. But this, this leper came to Jesus and he, he gave God the prerogative. If you are willing. If you are willing. You see, he wanted healing, but above all, he wanted God's will. He wanted God's will. But when it comes to cleaning up sin, God is always willing. God is always willing. You see, Jesus' response was, I am willing. And I, I am willing. And the scripture says, Jesus touched him. Touched him. And immediately cleansed him. This, that was the illegal touch of God. That's the illegal touch of God because it was against the law for a person, any person, to touch another person that had leprosy. Let me tell you something today. The prohibitions of men do not hinder the power of God. It doesn't make any difference what people may say and what they may legislate. The prohibitions of men don't hinder the power of God. God wants to touch you. And let me tell you this. Listen real good. I wrote this down and then I underlined it because I want you to get it. I want to say it just right. There is no condition of your soul so vile that it will keep him from reaching out and touching you. You may say, Pastor Perryman, you don't know what I've done. You don't know how I'm living. You don't know what's going on in my life. Let me tell you, there is no condition of your soul that is so vile that if you will bring it to the Lord, he'll reach out and touch you. He'll reach out and lay his hand on your life and do a work in your life. So what do we take away from this message this morning? First of all, Leprosy in the scripture is a symbol of the sin that defiles the life of every person before he is cleansed by the blood of Jesus.
when you look at it, we call it typology. Some people speak of types and shadows. I, I love to the class that I teach on, on Sunday nights a couple of times a month. By the way, I'll be teaching tonight Bible study if you want to come. But I, I love to tell them that the Old Testament is the New Testament concealed. And the New Testament is the Old Testament revealed. And you see, what happens here is leprosy is a symbol of the sin in the Old Testament that Jesus deals with in the New Testament. That's, what, that's what's going on, see? Number two, God wants every person to seek him for cleansing of sin. Sad to say, not everybody will. Not everybody does. Not everybody comes to the Lord and, and says, take my sin. I'm sorry for the way that I've lived. I'm sorry for the things that I've done. Forgive me. Forgive me of my sins. Number three, again, I say it, there is nothing so vile in our lives that it will keep God from reaching out to touch and cleanse a person. And the fourth thing stands on the shoulder of the series that we're entering into today. God wants to make every one of us squeaky clean. God wants to touch our lives, take away the penalty, make us white as snow. Would you stand with me this morning? And facilitators, if you will, if you'd come down, stand across the front, please. I have to ask you a question this morning. And only you can answer it. Only you can answer it. Is there anything in your life today that you need cleansing? Maybe, maybe you've come to the Lord and asked him to forgive you of your sins, but there are some things that you're struggling with in your personal life and you need cleansing. Maybe, Maybe you're here this morning and you're not a Christian and you need cleansing. You need cleansing. We're not going to make a big fanfare out of it and we're not going to intentionally embarrass you in any way. But if you're here this morning and you'll say, Pastor Perryman, I need cleansing. Would you come? Just slip out from where you're standing and come and meet with some of these people down here at the front, one or more of them, and let's take it to the Lord. Let's, let's be like the bird that is plunged in the blood and then freed.
by the power of God. See, that burden, I know it was a tangible human action, but that bird was freed by the will of God. And if you come this morning, God in his will will free you. He'll make you squeaky clean. He'll touch your life, minister to you. So I'm gonna pray for this entire congregation. But while I pray, would you just step out? If you've got a struggle, if you've got something that you need prayer for, anything, just step out and come and let these facilitators pray with you. Father, in the name of Jesus. Lord, I don't know all of the needs of your people, but Lord, I've been working with congregations like this for enough years to know that in a crowd this size, there's a lot of needs. There's a lot of things that we struggle with. And I pray, Lord, this morning that you'll reach down and that you'll lay your hand on the lives of those people that need a cleansing. And that, Lord, that they would have the courage and the boldness to bring it to you and ask you to do a work in their lives, to do a work in their souls. And I pray, Lord, today for those that are online that have been watching and listening this whole time, that they could just move close in their spirit and know that this prayer, Lord, that I'm praying is for them. And the Lord, whatever struggle that they have and whatever, whatever, whatever illness, whatever sin, whatever fault, whatever foible that is in their lives, I pray, oh God, that you'd reach into that living room, into that bedroom, wherever they are, and that by the power of the Holy Spirit that you would touch them and make them clean. Lord, help us to be like the little bird that was plunged into the bloody water and was released. God, reach down, release us. I pray for every person, I pray for every family. I ask, oh God, that you'd reach down, that you'd touch their lives, that you'd move and minister, and that you'd meet every need. Do these things, oh God, for your glory. Make us, oh God, today squeaky clean, squeaky clean. And in Jesus' name, I pray these things. Amen, amen. God bless you. We love you. Have a great week.